Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everything you remember must mean something. So what does that thought mean? Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm pretty chill, pretty relaxed. Okay, good. I think I think maybe I am quite a chill, relaxed person. Okay. You don't, you don't think that? I'm embarrassed you're using the words chill and relax a little bit, yeah. <laughs> well, I, th- I think I'm compared to uh, a man who was behind me coming out of the London Underground station yesterday. Oh, yeah. So I've, I've taken to, instead of carrying a physical ticket, you can use your bank card on the, on the London Underground. You just put it on the reader and it lets you through. Yeah. So the, the next step in the evolution of that is you can use your mobile phone. Oh, yes. Have you yeah. seen this? Yeah, I've seen people do so it. So you have yeah. your, your card details stored in your mobile phone. You click a couple of buttons. You put it on the reader and the gates open. Brilliant, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've started doing that. So I'm coming up out of the London Underground yesterday. And I suppose I slow my walking. I don't, I don't ever stop, but I slow my walking pace mm. uh, to buy me some time to get my phone out of the pocket and make that double click. Yeah. As I'm doing that, the man behind me is so annoyed oh. by the delay, yeah. which, just to stress, is definitely less than three seconds. Mm, okay. He makes this noise. You are kidding. No. That's so annoyed. Just, That's like massively annoyed noise. Like, what state are you walking around in? So I know in cities we're all living on top of each other <laughs> and it, it, it can be other human beings can be frustrating. I've said before that sometimes other human beings in the city can feel like a loose coalition of idiots hell-bent on thwarting me. Yeah. But to be walking around at that level of stress, that you're delayed by you know, a few seconds and you... And so this is just for a tube station where the tubes go every between every one and two minutes, Yeah, right? yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. And I, I genuinely think that if I, if I had had to stop to fish around in my pocket. <laughs> I mean, I think he would have. Um, I don't think it would have resorted to violence. He'd have strangled you. Yeah, he's he's yeah. operating at that level of stress. <laughs> wow. I was in the supermarket a couple of days ago. I want to know what you think about this. Okay. I was in the supermarket and um, there was somebody ahead of me in the queue to go to the cashier. Mm. That person then I see them sort of look around, look at the basket, look around, do the whole pantomime of oh I've forgotten something, okay. and off he goes to get something. Okay. So like while he's gone. The cashier comes free. Yeah, yeah. So I move forward 
Fair with enough. my basket. Yeah. And then he dashes back. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Sorry. That's, uh, sorry. I hope you don't mind. Uh, I was first in the queue. I said, no, 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 he's fine. So then he goes to the front of the queue yeah. and he goes off again. <gasps> no, he yes. doesn't. He doesn't. Yes. No. So that's bad etiquette, right? Hugely. Yeah. Yeah. You have to sacrifice your position in the queue <laughs> if you can't be back in time. So he, he was almost treating it like his, his basket of shopping was a towel on a sun lounger. Yeah. And as long as it was there with the cashier. I'm going to start taking an empty basket and just like going backwards and forwards. <laughs> I know. It's like, no, no, it's my, it's my place. Because <laughs> I get very stressed. Like nothing stresses me more than if I'm shopping with my wife mm. and then it turns out she needs to go back to the aisles to get something. Oh. Like the the... the the pressure, the worry oh. that the cashier is going to finish ringing all the things up Mm-mm. before she gets back. I mean, I get terrible anxiety in that situation. Oh, I totally agree. I've had that before. It's very stressful. Yeah. Listen to this, though. Go on. So the the guy as well, so just outside the supermarket is a bus stop. Yeah. And it was like the situation, actually, we were talking about in last week's podcast, that the weather was quite bad. Okay, okay. So I was like huddling under the bus shelter, but then I see the bus coming in the distance. Yeah. So I get into the queue and the guy is in the queue. Right. Does the same thing he again. Doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. But I was ready to get into it with him if he had. Oh. Yeah. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in a show called Adrift. Please share your stories of failed human interaction. You can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. This is from Paul Newbegin. So picture the scene. I'm sat on a busy-ish commuter train from London Euston to Leighton Buzzard. It's relatively late in the day and all on board are silently nosing through papers and generally not talking to or making eye contact with each other. I have a window seat and have my head rested up, earphones in and I'm generally dozing in and out of life. Cut to a dramatic commotion, loads of noise and laughter and general non-southernness. I look up. A party of people is coming down the train making this noise. Drunks? At this hour? No, wait. Is that Pudsy? Not the dancing dog, but Pudsy the bear. And he has children in need do-gooders with charity buckets coming down and they are causing quite the fuss. Pudsy bursts into the carriage. Hello, everyone. It's children in need soon. Make sure you give generously. Next stop, Beck Campstead. I snigger. Good train gag, Pudsy. And Burke Campstead is genuinely the next stop. Give before you get to Aylesbury. Too far, Pudsy. We weren't even going there. Anyway, Pudsy leaves and immediately the atmosphere is just odd. People don't quite know what to do. An awkward tension has arisen now. Someone needs to do something to defuse this. Up step Paul, trumpets, hero, etc. <laughs> what this someone, now nominated me, needs to do is to make a witty, cutting and clever remark to counteract the bad punning pudsy. Yeah, that'll sort it. Why not say something like, train conductors, eh? Ha 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 ha, lols. Immediately awkward is dead. I open my mouth and gesture with a sarcastic shrug when immediately I hear, didn't even have a chance to show him my ticket, bloody conductor. What? Someone has beaten me. (laughs) But my mind thinks people are seeing that you clearly were going to say something. So say something, anything. What comes out of my mouth still upsets me today. It wasn't clever. It wasn't funny. And it resulted in a more awkward atmosphere than ever before. In a voice, as though I'd only just learned to talk, loudly, slowly and deliberately, my brain said aloud, he was a bear. (laughs) Cheers, Paul. Great remark. He was a bear. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Oh, we might have to add that to unlucky. Unlucky and he was a bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. 
Okay, this is from Chris. He says, okay. I've, been, <laughs> I've been in a job interview which had gone really well. The company seemed exciting and vibrant. The two interviewers seemed really nice, including Pete, who if I had impressed him would be my next boss. Everything had gone well. I'd answered all their questions thoroughly, even the horrible where do you see yourself in five years type questions. I had a really good feeling about the whole thing. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next few days I got a call to say the job was mine. I was shown out to reception and after my interviewers had left, I asked if I could use their toilets before I left the building. The receptionist pointed the way. As I entered the downstairs toilet, all was quiet. I looked at both cubicle doors. Both were showing the green flash on the lock, meaning vacant. I opened the door on toilet one and was greeted with an awful sight. Someone had pooed on the seat. Not just a little bit, but a large smear all along one side of the seat. How is that even possible? How would you smear such a smear? It looked improbable, but there it was, staring at me. Would someone have gone in and thought, hmm, I'm feeling artistic today. Now what can I do with the materials to hand? I quickly closed the door and edged towards the other toilet, cubicle number two, hoping that it would be far more welcoming. I pushed the door open and looked inside cautiously. All was good. The area was clean. I closed the door behind me and let nature take its course. I stepped out and washed my hands and wondered what it would be like to work for this company. My thoughts were punctured by the toilet door swinging open and in walked my prospective boss, Pete. He nodded at me and I nodded back. But inside I was thinking, well, say something, make a quick comment so you don't look rude or dismissive. My brain drew a blank. He pushed open the door to cubicle number one, as I had, and was greeted by the same unwelcome sight I had just encountered. Ugh! It was a noise of half disgust and half shock. I just did that, I said, nodding in compliance. Anyway, it was nice to meet you. I left the toilet. I was halfway back to the tube station when it dawned on me what he must have thought I meant. The shame, the shame. He must have gone back to his office and said to someone, I can't believe what that last candidate was just bragging about downstairs. I never heard back from them about the job. We would love to hear from you, please, if you have... um Quips gone awry is, uh, I think that is fertile ground. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we uh, would also like your shyness's nice stories, pretending to know what you're doing, um, blurting stuff out, just any sort of failed attempts at human interaction, things which still make you cringe many years later. You can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Please join me in this bubble that has been forever locked in the glass by the blower. It's, it's their breath. It's horrible. Adrift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. So, Hamble. Yes. You have prepared a story. Yes, I'm going to tell you about jobs. Now, I've had lots of jobs, which might be surprising to some people, seeing as I had my last job for 16 years. So I was either very happy there or had high levels of apathy and low levels of ambition. <laughs> you, you decide. Before that, so up to the age of about 25, 26, I had... I didn't count them, but I'm guessing around 28 jobs. I mean, it's that many. Most when I was a, te- a teenager, when I had this incredible work ethic that has long since left me. Alongside your paper round? Well, yes. Yeah, so it started with my paper round, which I did from the illegal age of 12 to the weirdly old age of 18. But I had other jobs on the side. I didn't just do that. Um, for a few years, I also walked in, worked in the same news agents where I did my paper round all day Saturday and Sunday morning. And in retrospect, it's possible that outside of sort has been kept there as a slave. <laughs> 
I also <laughs> stacked shelves early evening weekdays in a local supermarket until I lost that job because I found out I lied about my age. I worked on the till on Saturdays at another supermarket about a 20 minute bus ride away. My most memorable moment there, this is back in the day before barcode readers, mm. you're manually putting the price into the till. Mm. And a lady had bought about 12 things, just really basic groceries. And I rang up the total and it came to £276.84. And I knew it couldn't be right. Like it wasn't like she's buying that Japanese beef and caviar and a kilo of saffron. It's just things like eggs and milk and bread. But I didn't know what to do. And bear in mind, I was 14. So I just went, yes, that's £276.84, please. (laughs) She looked at me like completely incredulous. She said, no, that's not right. But I couldn't think what to do. So I said, but that's what it says here, looking towards the till. <laughs> so she says, I'm not giving you that money and suggests I ring it up again. So I have to get the manager over to void it all and start again. <laughs> I did keep that job, though, even though it could have been like I was that character in Superman 3 where they take a cent off everyone's paycheck and they become very rich. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I could have been like a very overly ambitious of that person. <laughs> I wasn't. Anyway, I didn't get sacked from that, but I did get sacked from my job as a cleaner in an old people's home. I got sacked after one week. But in my defence, it is hard to clean when you try not to breathe through your nose or mouth as my granny would say every time I saw her getting old is the pits (laughs) a lot of truth in that I got fired from a secretarial job as I'd lied about being able to type and do 70 words a minute which became immediately apparent (laughs) and there was a moment of you can't type can you and me having to go no did you just pluck the figure of 70 words out of thin air that sounded like a a good one actually I know where I got it from so I knew my mum could do 70 words a minute yeah well, I got fired from being a general dog's body at the video and the record of video exchange in Notting Hill. I'm not even really sure why, but there was a complaint about the haphazard way that I'd stapled some papers together. <laughs> to get that job, I had to do a popular culture written exam. Really? Yeah, and have an interview with three people. Very strange. That is strange. Yeah. To work in a record shop, all you need is an air of superiority. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I did a data input job in a bank for six months and I made such an impression on my colleagues that when I left, they gave me a leaving card and nowhere on it was my name the envelope was blank and there was no dear Annabelle inside so they clearly didn't didn't know my name and also couldn't be bothered to find out I'd made such an impression on them I also got a job when I was a teenager after I answered an ad about doing some local deliveries because the paper under the morning clearly wasn't enough for me I need I needed more letterboxes I needed more doors and the item to be delivered turned out to be samples of a new product which was dove foaming face wash so I went round to a lady's house. She lived really near me and she gave me a map of roads I had to deliver to in my area, South Bentfleet, and three huge bags of the samples. And to my credit, I did deliver a few of them and then didn't have to buy face watch for the next three years. <laughs> but it wasn't like the paper round because it was more kind of endless. It just sort of went on and yep. on and on. And I remember being in a cul-de-sac while an Alsatian that had escaped circled me for around half an hour before it got bored. <laughs> so I really hated it and I didn't want to do it anymore. But instead of just telling the Dove woman this when I was due to go round to pick up more free samples. I went round and said that I couldn't do the next batch as I was going on a French exchange trip. And then I lived in fear that I'd bump into her and she'd test me on my French. And I was always kind of like practising phrases I could like throw back at her in case she saw through it and knew. And like I'd actually be able to go on a French exchange trip. I had a paper round to do. Anyway, I'd like to apologise to Dove if there was ever a noticeable and puzzling Darth of sales of foaming face wash in the South Bentfleet area in the late 80s. Soon, people will know that we don't know what we're doing. Adrift. 
If you enjoy the podcast, please support us on Patreon. Just a little bit of money every month really helps us out. Patreon.com stroke adrift. And um, if you if you hear desperation in my voice as I ask you for this on this episode, it's because I've got the plumber around this morning and I dread to think what the bill's going to be like. Oh. Got a leak. Yes. Yeah, the boiler's mm. dripping. Uh, so... Um, so an awful thing happened just before you got here, actually. Yeah. So his plumber has been around a few times, Andy, um, you know, so I know him a bit. And he's like, Jeff, can you do us a favour? I said, yeah, yeah. He says, uh, you know how to bleed a radiator, don't you? Oh. So I just go, oh, yeah, of course I do. You don't, do you? No, of course I don't. No, I didn't think you were. No offence. No offence. <laughs> <laughs> no f- no <laughs> but I didn't oh. want to, you know, I, I wanted oh. to impress. I didn't want Andy... The plumber to think, oh, this guy is barely a grown-up. He doesn't know how to bleed a radiator. Did Wiki How come out? <laughs> well, so he goes, can you just uh, can you just go around the house bleeding the radiator as well? Oh, I'll watch the pressure gauge and do awful. whatever he's doing on the. Oh. So I say, sure. So he gives me this little key, and then I come up. I come up here where we're sitting now into the loft, and I've got this key, and I've got no idea what to do. I'm on my hands and knees looking at the radiator. <laughs> I can't see where this thing fits oh. in. I'm pulling knobs off the end. I can't see anything that looks like this key would fit in it. So I end up having to sit up here and watch a YouTube video. Because <laughs> you can't go back down and say, no. uh, sorry, Andy, I lied. I yeah. don't know how to do the radiator. No. Because not only do you know how to do it, but you lied yeah, about doing yeah, it even yeah, worse. Yeah. So I now know how to bleed a radiator. I'm not oh. sure that that information will stay in my head very long. No. And I'm not even sure I did it correctly. Oh, but um, anyway, the point being, I've got a plum around and... Yeah, you know, it, it it could break me. It could send me into mm. bankruptcy. Who knows? So if you support us on Patreon, that could come in extremely handy. Um, and you know, if we if we got an excess of money, maybe I could go on a course. Yes, a plumbing course. He was telling me about a plumber. Who, it wasn't him, admittedly, but he'd, he'd read about a plumber earning two hundred and fifty grand a year. Is that all? <laughs> Three million? Come on. Um. So if you uh, if you would be kind enough to support us on Patreon uh, in return for your enjoyment of this podcast, then go to patreon.com stroke adrift. Time for Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in whichever order that makes sense to you, you are the one perceiving it in the computer simulation. Um, hi. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Yeah. My mother-in-law is coming to town. Oh, when's she coming? Uh, in a couple of days' time. Amazing. So Lynn Barron will be in the area. And when I say in the area, I do mean that rather than in the house. She's because not staying here. my wife has forbidden her from staying under our roof. Even though you've got a spare room. I mean, we're sitting in the spare room at the moment. which is where we record the podcast. We're, lo- we're looking at the spare bed where my wife often comes and sleeps because of my snoring. But I think somewhat wisely... They have decided amongst themselves that, uh, by which I, th- I think Sarah's decided and Lynn has accepted. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's a miracle in itself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that's a woman who knows her own mind and gets her own way. Right. But, um, but they've decided that she should stay in an Airbnb around the corner. Does that mean you didn't get a rider this time? A list of things? I oh, know, we, we still oh. got the, you know, an oh, extensive good. list of things that oh. need to be uh, okay. in place for her I- arrival. Good, good. But... Um, yeah, so, so basically she's staying in an Airbnb around the corner. Wow. Now, have you ever stayed in in one of these? I have, yes. You talk me through the booking process. You just go online. It's, it's easy. You put, in, you put in your dates, yeah. you pay your money, the end. Yeah. So so do you think it's normal or abnormal that um, having found somewhere, you would then send 
the people you're visiting out on a recce to look at places, <laughs> like every process of the decision making, uh, every, every stage of the decision making process, you're involving them in, asking lots of questions, saying, can you just go and walk past this? Oh. I mean, would you go around and talk to it? Do you think that that is oh. normal or abnormal? Wouldn't it have been easier if you just stayed here? <laughs> oh, God. I say it's abnormal, sorry. Yeah. And I have told some people that my, my wife is making my mother-in-law and father-in-law stay in an Airbnb and some mm. people are horrified. Well, uh, you know, I think knowing their relationship, I think <laughs> I think it's a good idea. Well, is it? And is, uh, is this a bizarre way to behave both in hosting somebody and in the level of involvement that the hosts are uh, expected to make? Uh, I'll find out in this week's The Incident. <laughs> Anna Hart is one of my favourite travel writers. She's got a new book out called Departures, a guide to letting go one adventure at a time. I asked her about the etiquette of Airbnb. I really, I really think this is this is where Airbnb really comes into its own when um, you have people who you love dearly, but you do want to keep at arm's reach. Do you think? Do you think there's any awkwardness in in asking friends, family? It's, it, they, they know you have a spare room. Do you think there's an awkwardness in saying, How, how's about you find an Airbnb nearby? I don't think there is, because I think there's nothing more awkward than actually shouting at somebody when they're on your sofa. So have you ever done that kind of Airbnb where you stay with people as opposed to just sort of renting their whole house? Um, I have. I've, I've done it both ways. Um, and if I do believe if you're lucky, it can be pretty wonderful. Obviously, the risks are you spend the entire time feeling like a kind of awkward house guest. Mm. Has that ever happened to you? Yes, I've certainly, I I mean, I, the awkwardness is strong in me. I can (laughs) make any situation awkward. And I really, I I don't feel particularly comfortable kind of potting around somebody's kitchen uh, when I don't know them. And I, you know, I, feel like every every moving the mug I've made a terrible noise or a terrible mess and I feel like I have to apologize for everything and how are, how are your reviews on Airbnb personally I just can't handle the awkwardness of that so I don't bother leaving a review at all oh so you don't um, do it at all because there's there's kind of um there's kind of a poker element to it where you're supposed to review them and they're supposed to review you and you can't see is it right you can't see each other's yeah. reviews until you do that so I, yeah. I would feel like awful having like some kind of unrequited airbnb love where i gave unreserved praise and then it turned out they thought it was an awful person who stunk the house out oh jeff you're such a generous lover i <laughs> i'm not i'm i'm selfish i i don't care as long as they review me positively i'm i'm, I'm off um oh, some, something i always do enjoy though are are slightly deciphering negative reviews um so sometimes people are a bit too shy like me to to leave outwardly negative reviews really Mm. explicitly negative reviews but they'll kind of use code words like like cozy when they mean tiny right um or very friendly or (laughs) when they mean overbearing and a bit mental right 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 while I've got you on, can I very quickly get you to tell us about the book, Departures? I would love to, yes. Um, so I've written um, Departures is, is a travel memoir. It's uh, essentially 13 trips that I've been on that has, have changed my life uh, from 
like drunken student trips, you know, to, to the post heartbreak trip where I went to Amsterdam with um, my ex-boyfriend's friends to try and get over him, which uh. is um, obviously not a, not a tried and tested um, route <laughs> to, <laughs> to um, emotional healing. Um, and so it's, it's a very, very honest account of, of how travel has changed my life. Um, and it's been a, a real joy to write. It's It's been really fun to be, I think a lot of travel writing can be quite polished and airbrushed and um, a little bit overly aspirational. And um, I, this is this is a much more uh, raw account of how, how I got travel wrong um, for many, many years um, until finally I started to get it right. When is it acceptable to put, to put your seat back on an aeroplane? Again, I well, it it depends. Have, if you've made eye contact with them, mm-hmm. then I think you have to wait until after the meal. Yeah. However, if you're really slick and don't look back, I think you can just just uh, launch it back right away. Um, it also slightly depends on whether it's a night flight and you do want to sleep. I think in that case, you can pretty much go for your life. You know, but, but, you you call your own bedtime. But what's the what about an early morning flight? If you're on a six a.m. flight, you've been up since three thirty. Surely that's going to count yeah. for something, Anna. Oh, you see now, this is difficult. We need rules. We need rules. <laughs> we, 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 we do need rules. Again, I think it really depends on whether they look like a nice person or not. So spin around, judge them. Just just make an immediate judgment. Decide if, if they are worthy of your consideration. And if somebody does it to not. you too early, is it acceptable to just like, you know, quite uh, surreptitiously kick the back of their seat? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Passive aggression, you know, all, all is all is fair uh, on an easy jet flight. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Stop thinking, your mind begins to start loving. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Ports. Oh, touch it. Touch it. Oh, I've got to go for a blood test after we finish doing this. Oh, yes, I know, yeah. So the, the other night, Sarah was brushing her teeth, and because we're this type of married couple I was urinating in the bathroom while she was brushing her teeth over at the sink and it's a bit stingy so I'm weeing I'm going ow she's like oh god what's up now because every day there's something up with me right I say can man get cystitis and she's like well if they can I'm sure you've got it (laughs) right yeah so I finish weeing and I'm still a bit stingy and then I'm looking down at my um I think do do you say my junk is that what they say these days Oh, I've never heard that. Okay, maybe it's not the right expression. Maybe it is. Doesn't mean anything if I haven't heard it. I'm looking at what may or may not be called my junk. Right. And and 
it looks normal, but I'm not sure. So, again, with this type of marriage, mm. I say, Sarah, will you just have a look at this? You just have a look. Right. And she says, oh, it, I don't know. It looks, does it maybe look a little bit red? So we're both staring at my penis. Right. And then blood starts dripping out of the end oh, of it. Oh, that's not, we all know that's not good. So this yeah. is about midnight and straight away I go into a tailspin. Like, I mean, at this point, it's just which cancer is it and how long have I got to live? These, okay. these are the big questions. Yeah. So I ring NHS 111. Sarah's doing some extensive Googling and getting into a blind panic. She's thinking, well, this is it. This is the day our life changes. Everything before this point is bliss before my husband got ill and got terminally ill. So I, I then talk to NHS and they asked me a bunch of questions and they say have you have you bled more than a mug's worth wow and actually i've probably not you know bled more than certainly uh less less than the amount of vinegar that i would put on my chips right and how big's the mug anyway and i've got yeah. some really big ones in my house i'm not showing off <laughs> but yeah um so so they say you probably just need to go to the doctor tomorrow get it checked out so i go to the doctor and it, it, she thinks the most likely thing is, is a urinary tract infection. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, Sarah has narrowed it down to three different cancers, <laughs> one of which is penile. Oh. So, so I say, you know, you don't think penile cancer, you don't think that's a contender? She says, well, I'll take a look just to be on the safe side. But that, that cancer is, is almost non-existent these days. And if you were to get it, you'd be in your 70s or 80s. But I'll, I'll take a look. So she gets me to lie down, take my pants down, and she has a look. And she goes, um, no, no, that, that is a fantastically healthy looking penis. I say, thank you. And I'm thinking, this is, this is some good bedside manner. She knows that people are uncomfortable yeah. about getting the genitalia out. So um, that, that's just something she's saying to make me feel better about myself. I pull my pants back up. We go over to her computer. She starts typing in like a prescription for a particular cream, um, the, arranging these blood tests and, and, and so on. And, um, and she says, blah, 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 blah. and of course, I mean, your penis looks fantastically healthy. So dot, dot, dot. And now she's used that phrase twice now, the exact same phrase, mm. but in two different parts of the conversation. Okay. So I now think that maybe I do have a fantastically healthy looking <laughs> penis. <laughs> I, th- I now think she wasn't just being nice. I think maybe it's special in some way. Hi, I'm Jeff. I've got a fantastically healthy looking <laughs> penis. Is that how you're identifying now? Yeah, yeah. That's how you see yourself now. It's just yeah. that's all you are, yeah. a fantastically healthy. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I just want to be very clear here. It's, mm. it's, it's unremarkable in every way. Right. But um, other than it's, the health. it's health. It's health. But that's something, right? It's, it's in rude health. It's in rude health, yeah. So anyway, I've got to go for a blood test after we finish recording the podcast and I'm dreading it because I'm so uh, phobic of needles. Yeah. Do you think they would let me just drip some blood out of my penis into a bottle? <laughs> No. There are some things that move down the stream. Some of them are called Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. It's coming past you, and on the sale is written G L A P, which stands for GLAP. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. The organization. A drift. All right, on to this newish section of the podcast where you tell us about a social dilemma you're having and we will tell you what the rule is, how to behave. Um, we, we've been asking for names for this section. How's, how's that been going? Yeah, we've got a few. Liam Portsmouth says, how about Quandry Corner? Quandry Corner. Oh, it's like a corner. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. Yeah, so when I used to do Radio Manchester, when faxes were things, I used to do Fax Corner. Okay, facts yeah, corner. That's, yeah. that's not dated. No. Uh, Den of Skulls on Twitter yes. says life is an alien concept. 
Not bad at all. Life isn't yet. And Jonathan says, what about agony angst? Agony angst. I think all these are good. But you're not happy. You're not, it's not, nothing's so timing so, so, so I really, you know, really, really, life, life is only in concept. I like all of them. Mm. Like what it isn't, none of them are love at first sight. Let's keep going. Okay. Let's keep going. Okay. Okay. Do you want the first um, dilemma then? Yes, please. Okay. So this is from Anne. She says, like your fine selves, I'm a socially awkward, 40-something introvert vegetarian. I am the kind of person who will still claim the food was lovely when asked at a restaurant, (laughs) even if it was inedible. I recently went to an Indian buffet celebration with eight other people from where I work. It was all being paid for by my director, and so we each only had to contribute towards the waiter's tip. Because it was an Indian buffet, the waiter only had to show us to our table and serve drinks. So my first question is, how much would you personally tip the waiter? Here's here's the thing. I don't think you can ever tip less than 10% of the overall bill. Okay. Now, uh, this might change depending on how much the plumber charges me. (laughs) But I, I tend to tip somewhere between 15 and 20. But I think wow. I think your I think your base is is ten percent whatever it is. Even though they're not bringing you food, I mean they're yeah. taking your plates away, aren't they? They're the, serving the, you the, drinks. The exception to this is if you're paying for something at the counter and and there's a rounding up component, or if you're in a taxi and there's a rounding up component. Okay, okay. You know, then you have to do it very much on a case by case basis. Okay. You think, oh god, if I rounded up, that'd only give them twenty p. That's not enough, and and, and so on. But, okay, okay. But by and large, rule of thumb. 10% is, is your baseline. And I think in this situation, I think 10% would be perfectly fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. 10% is usually fine. It just depends on how needy you are to be lying. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so she goes on now to explain what happened. You might want to get a pen and paper and possibly a calculator, okay. or if you've got a very clear visual mind, that that will be enough. I'm going to open a, a draft of my email. So okay, can... okay. So she says, for our group of the nine at the table, five people left no money at all towards a tip. Apologies if this is long-winded, but this is how the money worked. Okay, you ready? Yep. The person to my right gave £4. I leant forward, took one of the £2 coins of his money and replaced it with a £5 note. So he put four, you put three. Okay. The person to my left did exactly the same. So at this point, there was two £5 notes in the tip kitty. Okay. So there we are now. Okay. So two people... Two, there are two £5 notes in the so kitty. So there's £10 in there. Yeah. One person's put £4 in, two people have put £3 in. The next person leant forward and took a £5 note and replaced it with a 10. So there was now 15. Okay, so that person's put a fiver in. Yeah. The next person then leant forward and took the £10 note and replaced it with a £5 taking the tip down from a healthy £15 <laughs> to £10. She pocketed the £10 she took. I mean, that's outrageous and audacious. Yeah. No one else at the table left a penny. Who's worse? I don't know. I was totally gobsmacked, Anne says, when I saw the theft of the money, but only the waiter and I noticed, and I guess he couldn't say anything. So I didn't know what to do, apart from a sheepish look in the direction of the waiter. But to my shame, I said nothing. Isn't saying nothing the thin edge of the wedge that will eventually lead to the downfall of civilization, though? But what should I have done? Yours in perplexed angst. So I think the waiter clocked it and also he clocked that you were a good person and you were horrified by it. Yeah. So that as far as as far as that part of the dynamic goes, you're you're in the clear. Yeah. You know, there, there is this this acknowledgement between you and the waiter. What you need need now do is quietly 
make sure that everybody who was in that group knows what happens. What happens? How? You know, just whisper it. Yeah, yeah. Start, <laughs> start a whispering campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So yeah. my advice would be, uh, don't ever risk any kind of row with not only just a work colleague but anybody. So just be quiet and seethe for for oh, weeks. God, don't and go, 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 don't confront them. No. But you know, next time you're in the coffee room with one of the other people who were there, oh. say, here's a funny thing. Oh, don't say anything. But yeah, don't say. Yeah, exactly okay. that. Yeah, All yeah. right then. Okay, yeah. we got that sorted. Yeah. Okay, we've got another one, and this is from Jonathan, Mm -hmm. Jonathan Lazinski. He says, open plan offices have always been something I struggle with. Mm, When When you need to ask someone a question, but there's no door to knock, and they're in a conversation with someone else, how do you interrupt? I end up loitering and feel like I'm eavesdropping. I totally relate to this. I worked in an open panel office for years and you often, you want to go and say something to someone. You end up just sort of standing by their shoulder and feeling like an idiot just, and their conversation might go on for hours. And you just, and then eventually you might just loiter off and feel like, well, that's a bit creepy. I just went and stood by their shoulder for 10 minutes. See, this is part of the reason that I stopped going in the office because all mm-hmm. these kinds of things were too awful. I feel, it's, I feel it's up to the person who's having the conversation sitting down to notice you there. Yes. I think it's on them. And I think it's quite rude that they don't acknowledge you and go, oh, did you want to speak to me? Sorry. Oh, shall I come over to you in a sec or yeah. something something like that? Won't be second. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But, but I feel like it never happened. I would always just stand there for what felt like hours. So given that people don't behave like that mm. of their own accord, mm. what do you do? Put signs up? Sign what you you should put a sign up when you're there. No, no, I mean that there should be signs up in the office saying. Oh. If so, I mean, because behaviour needs changing. Sometimes you'll go to in into a, a workplace and in the toilet there's a sign saying, "Please left this toilet in the condition you found it." Right, and you know that's because it's gotten to such a bad state yeah, that yeah. people need to just be, start again with the basics of going to the toilet. Mm. You know, is is there a thing whereby? Maybe maybe introduce a code and have it laminated. Well, there, there's the answer. Yeah. Every office in the land. <laughs> there's your answer. Get the laminator out. They, you know, like the old public service information adverts. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, those those things were introduced as the public didn't know how to behave around certain things. Like, So, you know, we've had kites going back years and years and years, but we haven't had pylons going back hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden people were electrocuting themselves by flying kites to close to overhead power cables, so they had to put TV adverts mm. explaining how to do it. Similarly, chip pan fires. People yeah. didn't have chip pans, and then they did. And So I think maybe open plan offices. It's time <laughs> yes, yes. that a code of conduct... I really think this should be coming from the government, not from individuals. Write them a letter. Yeah, nanny state is what we need here. Yeah. Um, if you have a dilemma of, of, this, um, of this ilk, if life is an alien concept to you... Um, if you want us to be your agony ang- angst, hmm. what was the other one? Quandary Corner. If, if you have a question you would like answering in Quandary Corner. See, none of these quite, mm. quite the thing. All good, but nothing yeah. quite right. Yeah. Or if you have a suggestion as to what we should call this slot, tell us about your situation and we will tell you very directly, as I believe we just did then, what the rules are. Email us hello at adriftpodcast.com.
And that was our podcast. Annabelle, you're still here on the outro. I am. I hung around. Yeah, mm. enjoying it. You get to enjoy the Man and the Echo music playing. I love it. Do you want to do any, uh, do any bits? Do you want to ask people to send us a story? Send us a story. Yeah. Uh, if you have um, your own story of human ineptitude or if you have uh, a social dilemma that you would like us to give you the rules of behaviour for, then you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music. They did a big gig in Warrington the other night. I believe it went very well. Let's hear some new stuff from them soon. But if you haven't heard their album, Man and the Echo, treat yourself. They're great, aren't they? Very, very good. Uh, thanks to Emily Harrison for the backing music during the incident. And advice this week came from travel writer Anna Hart, who has a new book. It's called Departures, A Guide to Letting Go One Adventure at a Time. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made our idents. Iwana Babu and Patrick Gunning provided technical support. Kim Rainey made our artwork and Carla Gowlett did the photos. Don't forget to rate and review us if you're an iTunes user. Always helps. Yes, please. Tell you what always helps as well. Finding somebody else who will listen to the podcast. Yes, try and recruit. We do need some new listeners. I think we do, don't we? Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll try and figure out some kind of recruitment bonus. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know what that would be, but we'll, we'll try and figure it out. And finally, thanks to Dove Foaming Face Wash for keeping Annabelle looking so young and fresh despite her advancing years. <laughs> Adrift. Adrift. All right, this comes from Dawn, who says, Hola, Jeff and Annabelle. Hola. Hola. She actually says Annabelle and Jeff. Um, it was very egotistical <laughs> of me to put my name in first. <laughs> this is my first ever podication, and I'm hoping you'll read this out before the 28th of January. Ah, yes. Now, I would like to say here that I've already emailed Dawn and apologised. It's because... I started a new system and it got caught in the gaps between the, the old system and the new system. It right. kind of fell between the gaps. Right, okay. But the new system is incredible. <laughs> it is, it's incredible. And it's never going to fail. Has, has Dawn accepted your apology? Do you yes, know? She, was, she accepted it incredibly gracefully. Okay, yeah. um, so I can listen to the podcast on my 50th birthday, which will be on Sunday, the 28th of January. I also hope that um, by that time to know what my glorified title is as bestowed upon me by Annabelle since subscribing to subscribing to Patreon. Oh, we can do it now. Do you so, want to pick one? You haven't done one yet. No, but it's, it's, it's your job. Oh, it's my job. <laughs> it's your job, you do it. No, what I actually mean by that is, oh, God, you're, you've been thinking of titles, you've got them in your mind. I oh. can't just pluck something out of thin air. Okay, well, why don't we go for... Oh, it, something glamorous. Dowager. That's a great one. No, we haven't got a dowager yet. Okay. There we go. Dowager Dawn. Dowager Dawn. Let me make a note of this. Okay. Okay. Um, I did only subscribe on Christmas Day and fully appreciate that I'll be in the Rudy-induced backlog. How is Rudy, Roo? Um, you're very whingy. We uh, we Googled the other night out of desperation, why does my baby whinge so much? And there was around <laughs> 4 million search results saying, why does my baby whinge so much? So I, th I figure it's normal. Reflux. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's just the answer to everything yeah. when they're that small. And if it's not sick, it's silent reflux. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were FaceTiming um, the other day and he is so 
cute. Just cute being fat. No, he's, <laughs> he's, like, so a, he's fat. like a little cabbage patch doll. He's really fat. He's really lovely. Every time someone sees him, they go, oh, wow, he's so fat. <laughs> if it was like an adult, that'd be so <laughs> offensive, wouldn't it? He could be a sumo wrestler when he grows up. Yeah, I'm hoping he might thin out a bit. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I also hope... Oh, we've done that bit. Um did miss listening to you both more frequently. And since you reduced your output to only one hour a week, I've spread my wings and also listened to other podcasts, most of which you've suggested or have been adrift guests and co-presenters in Annabelle's absence. Tell you what's a great podcast. Have you ever listened to Griefcast? Carrie Ad Lloyd's no, podcast. No, I keep meaning to because I hear it's great. Yeah, yeah it's, okay. it's, it's really good. Get on that. Um, oh, and I must say, Adrift was the first ever podcast I listened to, so you helped me lose my podcast virginity, for which I will forever be grateful. Oh. Well, there you go. You'll always remember it. It might not be the best podcast you ever hear. It might right. seem sort of clumsy and unsophisticated <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when you look back. Mm. But, you know, I, I hope it was a gentle introduction. Yeah. Um, I also listened to Reasons to be Cheerful and was surprised to find myself liking Ed Miliband, who knew he was so funny. Um, I added this in, Jeff, because in the latest Drift podcast, you wondered if anyone listens to both. There you go. Oh, there we go. I, I do wonder that. I, I think, I don't know, it'd be nice to get, as I said last time, nice to get a few of those reasons to be cheerful listeners listening to Adrift, get the old subscriber numbers up. And people could say they're doing the double. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing the double, yeah. You got a little mention in um, Reasons to be Cheerful this week. I'll start listening to it again then. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting this week. It's about... Um, deliberative democracy oh and no i wonder i got mentioned i don't even know what that means <laughs> well it sounds boring doesn't it and when it was suggested by ed's office as a subject oh god that sounds boring sortition and yet like we we did this podcast and basically i think it could fix loads of what's wrong with our our democracy oh wow it's great. really really very exciting um well i'm all worded out i really hope to hear you read out a cheery happy birthday dawn or perhaps you'll even give me a couple of verses of any birthday song of your choice. Yeah. Um, we can't really do a birthday song because of copyright reasons, but uh, you could improvise one, Annabelle. I can make one up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do I have to sing? A little bit. I can rap. Yeah. I'll, I'll do a rap. Okay. Hey Dawn there, happy birthday to you. I hope it's a good day and you don't feel blue. Look at the sky if you're feeling sad and learn that the place isn't so bad. Happy birthday to you, Dawn. Have a great day. So that was terrible, but it was much better than I expected it was going to be. There was a fluency to it that I'm quite taken aback by, like a freestyle fluency. I thought it would just sort of peter out after the first line. It, it did, so it, it did peter out. But, it, but, it, but you kept going with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, she says, to make up for the lack of extra bits promised to the Patreon sign-up, which I know will never materialise. Dawn, we did the AMA. Yeah, what, what do you want? Well, the things promised, I yeah. suppose. There's gonna be, we're going to do a, a podcast party very soon, actually. Are we? Okay, yeah. great. Have we, what about that idea that we had that Sarah and Tom would, would co-host a thing? Oh. What? I t- actually, yeah, I tell you what, I think that's not such a bad idea because Tom could tell you the time about when he was a teenage international playboy. Oh, great. It's a good story. Yeah, okay. okay. We, okay. we could do it. Uh, she says, "Keep up the better than average work." Right, that didn't that survive the biro? Well, better than average. Mm. Sorry. Uh, lots of love and all the best wishes, Dawn. Well, Dawn, I hope you had a great fiftieth birthday. Yep, fiftieth and new twenty. So they say, do they? I don't know. No. I, t- I think like what they say is whatever age Madonna is, that's the new twenty, isn't it? Or is oh, it new thirty? Okay. I'm, I'm not sure. Well, she's at least sixty, isn't she? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know Madonna. Don't <laughs> worry about it. <laughs> 
very very sinewy. Mm, very. Like, mm. You know, obviously mm. in prime physical mm. state and whatever, but uh, you know, there's a certain sinewy quality that goes with that. Isn't it? That's the choice you make. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can be in peak physical condition mm. and be sinewy, mm. or you can be like me and just have a very healthy penis. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Dawn, happy birthday. If you would like a podication, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.